All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 123 of The Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. All right, Mots, uh, lots of catch up on here in the past week. We got NHL is like madness and then, you know, the rest of the world. So what's up? Anything? I had a little, you know, golf outing on Friday. Did you? Yeah, and then nice. Saturday, I uh, played a little charity thing as well for my, uh, you know, my uncle put together a, a little uh, scholarship fund, uh, charity golf outing type thing, mm-hmm. down in uh, the Cape Club for the Stonehill um, College. It was like a scholarship fund that he was trying to put in the the memory of my aunt and uncle uh, who have passed. But um, yeah, cool. so a little bit of golf. It was great. Uh, yeah. Got to catch up with some cousins, and uh, we <laughs> had to bear the elements a bit. It was like four holes of just like absolutely sideways rain. Oh yeah, Saturday, Saturday was an absolute monsoon all day. Yeah, but it was nice. Uh, it was it was a good day all around, and then uh, was able to hit the ball again. So I had three days uh, of hitting the ball, but played with my son Ryan nine holes before uh, coaching him up. Uh, for the town cup on sunday so nice weekend of uh of golf sunday was way nicer by the way <laughs> yeah you think yeah uh, yeah you know, if you live in new england you wet, know exactly what we're talking about yeah once you get wet you get wet there's nothing worse than having to play golf in the rain by the way no nah, that's I just mean, true dedication but if it's a tournament like you said charity uh family like yeah you got to brave the elements yeah so i was able to catch up with one of my uh, cousin hadn't seen in a long time, Wayne Campbell, and um, you know, and his wife Sue. So we were a threesome, and then she was like, "I'm all set." She went in, <laughs> so it was just the two of us, and we hit able to hit a couple balls, and you know, caught up for uh, you know a good 16 holes, and it was great. Wayne Wayne Campbell's an unbelievable name, by the way. <laughs> Isn't the that? Too. Isn't that um, it is, yeah, in five <laughs> in, in Wayne's world? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, isn't that his name? That's unbelievable. Yeah, so that was a good day. And then, uh, like I said, um, we were able to play nine holes before the Town Cup game. And, um, you know, the, the bet that I have with Ryan is that he won't beat me until he's 40 years old. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'll be 67, but. Again, it's a little carrot for him to, uh, you know, build a foundation. I wish I played golf earlier, right? If you have a foundation, you can, like, fix some of, you know, kind of like the problems that you're having mid-round where I can't. So it's like, <laughs> um, you know, so but it's great. It was, it was a lot of fun to get out there with him and hit the ball around and on a nice day versus uh, you know, pissing sideways. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, yeah, same thing here. We had a uh, – Dude, I had to bail on the police for his fire game, uh, which was Saturday because we were in the fire beat us in overtime. Mm-hmm. While she did get in a fight uh, and and bloodied some kid up, which is you know shocking news, but uh, I wasn't able to make that. But Saturday, uh, Joanna and her friend Jackie, um, they ran a little. Uh, it was supposed to be a street hockey tournament, but like, you know, similar to, I, I actually made that comment. I'm like, I think the dads would have braved the elements and played outside, 
uh, especially it was on foot anymore. It was like a father-son game, but this was a mother-son street hockey tournament. That's cool. Um, so they moved it inside to the community center up the street, which was, you know, it was really cool. They had um, Blade show up. Um, so it was, you know, like the, the basically kindergarten or, you know, K whatever it is, K1 all the way up to the sixth grade. So it was really cool. You could see the difference. I could, you know, the moms kind of had the way with the kids that when they're younger, just because they, you know, it's just different, right? But then as they get older, like the, you know, fifth and sixth grade, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, as you could see the, you know, the moms didn't stand a chance. Um, But it was, it was a, it was a great day. And then. um, How was the compete level at that level? Like when they were kind of like teetering on, you know, skill set versus just being an adult. Like, did the moms compete? The moms competed, you know, some better than others. But uh, you know what? I've never seen so many that moms that that have no idea which way they shoot. Like, there was no such <laughs> thing as a backhand. Uh, they'd be running up the ice, you know, or, or up the, the court, I should say, and, you know, holding a right-handed stick. But now – they switch to lefty. They just yeah they 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 do the hand switch to lefty and then it was like watching. Remember the old hockey movies when you like you know they they have stunt doubles and the Mighty Ducks or whatever and in one second you know like Charlie Conway's a righty and then two seconds later whoever's doing the stunts is a lefty and then it's like back and forth. It was very similar to that with the way the mums that were were going. But this Maybe was real life. Something I know I know, but it'd be tough to take like a uh, you know if you have a righty stick and now you got to switch to now you're holding your hands lefty and you got to actually shoot the puck like a, a puck. Yeah. Let's go straight. A ball. You could kind of slap it, but yeah, that's what they should have went for the straighties. Get some, you know, just plastic bladed street some hockey sticks from Franklin. Yeah. Um, yeah. For, yeah. The Franklin ones would be money. Yeah. They would have been fine, but it was, a, it was a good day. Um, you know, raise some money. The kids had some pizza. It was, uh, it was absolutely pouring out, but uh, it is what it is. Then we had a, you know, crew get together, which was uh, a lot of fun. Then Sunday was a ton of lacrosse and Sunday, like you said, was a beautiful day. Lacrosse all day long, um, more street hockey, but at least that was outside. Um, so, yeah, just took it all in. Same type of thing. And then we were on the ice Monday night, uh, and, yeah, just, just grinding away here. Yeah, Ready so, for the mailbag. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I came home on, I think it was Friday night, and um, my son had, you know, the real net. Like, it's it's one that we uh, I had growing up. Mm-hmm. My brother, Rob, restrung, and uh, he was shooting pucks and good to him yeah i'm like this is but like it was always set up in front of the garage before the garage like front face and doors went in Mm. Um, it was always there but it was cool because like he turned it sideways and then he's like hey do you want to shoot a couple pucks i'm like yeah absolutely so then it was just like again like a um refresher for you know we've talked about it a few times but when you're practicing in your driveway or in your basement or wherever you know, talking about that default shot. I'm like, right, like, you know, you want to go top cheese all the time because, you know, you think you're sweet. What about low block at low glove? So then we had a little competition. If you miss the net, you know, because it's turned sideways, it's like going into the neighbor's yard, like through some trees and stuff. Yeah, you're going to be running over them like my yard, the pox, though. So you got to, like, really focus on hitting the net, number one. 
But mm-hmm. then, like, if you want to get a little more fine, you know, you, there's that opportunity to miss the net. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just think it was just, it was really cool to see number one coming home and, you know, being like, hey, you want to shoot some pucks? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, self motivated. Yeah, and then we had, we had a, a good little competition and then I got some food after. But um, yeah, that, that was down much the whole weekend. What's that? In the com- did you take him down in the competition? Yeah, you can't shoot low blocker. Huh? <laughs> like, let's play this competition to my rules. Yeah, pretty much. Like where <laughs> I shot my whole life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, you listen to yourself. You default shot. Yeah, it is default. Um, what about these uh, NHL playoffs at this point in time? What it's three nothing in both series. Uh what are your thoughts on it? I mean, it's going to make if, – if this goes quick, it's going to make for a really, really good uh, Stanley Cup final if we stay on this. Well, I'm just – I'm surprised that it's gone, you know, so lopsided both ways because at this time of but the it's year – it's not like it's really been lopsided. It's like they've been well, tight games. Wise, yeah, yeah, know, yeah, right, right, right. Usually, like, you know, another team will – you know, the team that's, say, down zero, they're – Right. They should have won a couple games, you know, like according to the the tightness of the games. Um, and I think that could have been the case on both the East and the West. But, um, you know, I just – I do feel Florida has this believability and, like, they are playing with such confidence and they're getting the goaltending. And if you look at the stats from Bobrovsky, like, from when he came in, got inserted into the Bruins series to right now, his goals against, you know, and save percentage have, can, you know, gone up and up and up. You know, like, I mean, down for goals against, but like up and up for state save percentage. And it's like you're getting some good goaltending. They're, they still play loose. They, they give up chances. Yeah. But they're capitalizing on their chances. And when it gets really tight, like that four overtime game, I think was like a dagger right away. You know yeah. what I mean? I know. So, and he's yeah. seen, like you said, Bobrovsky's seeing beach balls in there. It's like, it's unbelievable. His, it, it's taken him a while to fine tune his game, right? And, and live up to this contract. But if he does and, and they go on, and <laughs> I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. If he can continue on, and Vegas is the same way. Vegas is playing well out in on the West, right? Yeah, you, well, they're more like team structured, like they're rotating goaltending. Is, yeah, like it doesn't matter who's in the net. Um, yeah, as long as they make the first save and or make the save that they should at times. But their team defense has been great. Um, you know, Jack Eichel's been playing really well. Like he's you know had some points in this series, but he's He's playing with confidence. He's playing how, you know, a top high-level elite player should play. Uh, he's dangerous every time he's on the ice, um, and he's taking care of the D zone as well. So I think Coach Cassidy has done a good job out there taking that group and, like, you know, kind of putting a defensive system in because they had the offense. Yeah. So you're seeing it now when it matters and like the, the buy-in is there and um, you know, that's like a tip of the cap to, you know, um, to, to Butch, but like he 
definitely had that in Boston. And then when Montgomery came in, like he didn't have to change change anything on the defensive side. He just let him go a little bit more offensively. So it's exciting to watch. Uh, like last night was, you know, so we're recording this on Wednesday. Last night was the Vegas game, and it was a blowout from the beginning. Yeah, that was ugly. Yeah, and then I really didn't get to the Ben I, situation. Um. I mean, I think the plays happen so fast and things like that. I I, I really wasn't watching it live. Um, I ended up just watching the highlights. Obviously, it ended up being dirty, but you know, when you slow things down, it's yeah, it's those things happen. You know what I mean? Guys get frustrated. I mean, unfortunately, it was you know, Stone's a big name player, and you could just feel the the frustration coming from Jamie Ben. But yeah, I didn't. I, did. I, I really just saw like the highlight of it. I didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't get a chance That's to watch. All that you need to see, play. though, you know. Yeah, I didn't. Well, was, what I'm saying, I didn't le- see the play like leading up to it. Was there anything dirty before it or anything like that? Or was no, it just he, his wires crossed? No, I would just say it was like a, you know, a bump off the puck, and then Stone goes down, and this is what you're seeing. And you know, I don't care. The guy's down on the ice. Either way, you're going to cross-check him in the shoulder or the back or whatever if you want to send that message. But that that seemed like it, it missed all, you know, mm-hmm. and it was like more of a malicious play. And so he got two games for it. He did get and, two. I didn't yeah, and it's it. like it stinks because, you know, you, you have a letter in your jersey, you know, you're the, the captain of the team. It's like you have some responsibilities outside of being, you know, kind of a knee-jerk reaction, emotional because of things not going your way. So it's going to be a big loss for those guys if they want to crawl out of this hole. And, you know, it was a big uh, momentum swing in that game. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, before we get to the mailbag, I want a couple things, right? Uh, I saw this this uh, uh, quote from Victor Hovland there from the PGA Tour. A lot of people overestimate how much they can do in one day, but they underestimate what they can do over time, uh, which I thought that kind of hit the nail on the head. It's like everybody wants to try to accomplish everything and, and and fast forward and one day like, you know, oh, I can do this, I can do this instead of just focusing and like, you know, like you and I talk about is the it, the process, right? And continuously get better every single day and, and, you know, keep building momentum and not just, you know, one weekend or one day is going to be, you know, next thing you know, you're going to all of a sudden go from like a good skater to a great skater or you shoot pucks one day and now all of a sudden you're a sniper. Like you've got to do, you know, you got to do it over time, right? Yeah. And, you know, this is like such a cool quote because this is a PGA player, very individualistic sport, but we talk about individualistic development, you know, within the team game of hockey and, you know, this can apply to anything, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really about hitting singles, right? So go, going to another base, you know, like another sport kind of analogy. But yep. hitting singles, hitting singles, hitting singles. And, you know, this is the one thing about, you know, it could be in like business. It could be in, you know, what we want to do, you know, getting better shooting pucks. You know, you can overestimate like, oh, I didn't hit my targets or I didn't, it doesn't feel, you know, hard enough or, but you got to put in the work and, you know, underestimating what you can do over time is absolutely the the, the basis of this um, quote. And I think that's 
kind of trusting the process like we talk about in anything you do, but like what we, t- we talk about the development of hockey, the skating. I think, you know, this is just my opinion, but like the kids that we have on the ice over this eight-week camp, I mean, they're getting better. Yeah, you like, can see like, the improvement. Yeah, Yes, and I think it's so cool to let them know that even though they might not feel it, but like they are getting better because we see it. You know, we, we see the eye test from week one to week seven. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Big time. And, um, but yeah, you know, I, I, number one, Victor Hovland is one of my favorite golfers though, too. So yeah, he's I great. Really love this one. No, no, it's good. It's good. It's really good. Um, all right, Mots, before we get into the mailbag here, let's talk about Sparks, right? The at-home or on-the-road skate shop and the machine. Head over to SparksHockey.com and use the code BYMOTS for $50 off your Sparks Sharpener. Sparks is the at-home skate shop and the machine that will never fail. Um, we talk about Sparks all the time, right? It's a gift that keeps on giving. Uh, we love it. Our kids love it. It's convenient. It's wicked easy to use, uh, and it's going to save you a ton of money in the long run. So make sure you head to sparkshockey.com and use that code BYMOTS to order your machine today. Yeah, great gift. Whenever it could be, you know, like a summer birthday. I was thinking about yeah. this today. Like a summer birthday would be like, hey, you know what? Get you the Sparks machine using BYMOTS uh, for 50 bucks off. You don't have to tell your kid that, but, um, <laughs> you, know, just, you know, just a nice gift. Uh, in the off season here, leading a thoughtful gift, a very thoughtful gift, and useful and functional. So, make sure you uh, check them out at sparkshockey.com and use BY Mots for that fifty bucks off. All right, let's uh, get into the mailbag here. We got a couple short ones to start. Uh, excuse me. Can you guys give any thoughts slash experience slash knowledge on the prep school uh, showcase that takes place in Marlboro in August? Thanks. Um, that's a quick one. That's, that's nice. The prep or pre, pre, I think it's, I think it's supposed to be prep. I don't know if it's prep or that pre-draft. There's a couple, there's a couple different things. So, so um, I, I, you know, just a couple of thoughts on that. I, I, I do feel like at different age groups, it's important to get out and, you know, kind of like see where you slot within your, you know, son or daughter's age group. Um, and in Marlboro, they, they have a, a, a number of those uh, yeah. in August. And I don't see anything bad with that because that's leading up to the season. Um, you know, like you, you you can ramp up for getting back on the ice as long as you can make it if, you know, you're not playing another sport uh, at that time. But um, there's there's not a, a ton of, like, negative around those, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Though Typically those things um, – take place end of august it's getting ready for the season uh and we all know that the the fall is kind of a sprint especially if you're here in new england right you're playing split season teams or um you know it's very funky so uh, i would encourage it um get out there and and there's going to be plenty of exposure there between coaches college coaches prep school coaches junior coaches whatever route you may be looking for but they definitely uh you know, and we're talking about that that older age group, true, those high school age group. We're not talking about, um, you know, seven and eight-year-olds. We're, we're talking about some older kids here. So get ready for the season at the end of August and uh, try to get some exposure for your son or, son or daughter. All right. That's good. Um, I'll get the next one here. 
Uh, new to hockey world with my son. I appreciate your pod insights and advice. He's a tier one oh nine player, top 25, 30 club uh, team, elite skater with a good shot, IQ, average hand size, excels in competitiveness and work ethic. Gets invites to all the top teams for district stuff, but not among the truly outstanding players who everyone talks about that gets recruited by teams like Shadex, BKs, and Mounts of the World. He's a grinder, excels in forecheck slash backcheck. Team player, pass first mentality, scores goals occasionally. Can play offense or defense as needed. Underrated, uh, but essential player. I feel that I have probably failed as an unwitting hockey dad and that I don't advocate for him at all. I don't pursue all the spring stuff or other elite uh, other elite guys go to, call coaches, etc. I just pay the bills, drive the car, wish him luck, and enjoy watching. When the time comes, will role players like him be noticed in draft years for junior leagues slash college, or are those levels dominated by super elite goal scorers? Seeking some guidance for expectations. I'm glad uh, Jersey and Alan took the time to summarize and and do the kind of cliff notes of that one, and you went and read the whole thing, kid. Yeah, no, it's more summary. <laughs> uh, no, it was good. Obviously, oh nine. Um, it's you know what? What do you think? Like it? It's difficult, right? Uh, you're at that age group. Um, you know, kid obviously seems like a you know a, a solid, hardworking player. Well, you have an 09. Yeah, and but you know, I would just again, it's like you know, if your kid loves it, he's into it. Their first year bantams. I wouldn't get so caught up in like the the USHL draft and all that type of stuff. Like, just go out and compete. And um, you know, you're getting to that age where they're they're hitting that 13, 14, 15 year old age group where we'll you know start taking things a little bit more and more serious on and off the ice and see what happens. You know what I mean? It, it's not, I wouldn't get too concerned with, um, you know, the stats and things like that, but, you know, obviously, I mean, I'll, the kids that have the most goals and the most points are going to be the ones that get looked at the most. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can speak, you know, from experience from my son's, kind of path um you know he's not a high-end scorer he's not you know this i think like you're describing my son when i was reading this you know (laughs) he's like right there he's he's a good team guy like this and that but he started getting some confidence more confidence on the ice because he put some work in off the ice and now he's going to be realizing some of those opportunities that he can, you know, generate through, you know, just being a hard worker and getting around the net. So the goals will come. That's what I, that's what I say to him. Right. Uh, He's working on his shot consistently, but like he has a good shot. So like, I don't, I would not be worried about, cause this is, you know, like if I could rewind it. So old five, you know, you know, four years prior, yeah, he, like he's like right where you know your son is at, but I wouldn't um, overthink it right now. Yeah, There's still plenty of time to, you know, have a big jump in development, and you know I saw it firsthand, um, you know, with my son. So I think that you know 
that should hold some weight because there is, you know, we talk about different developmental times and like I saw it and I just think that there is plenty of time from, you know, right now till when it really matters to be a much more, say, well-rounded, not just like a checker. You don't want to just pigeonhole kids as checkers at this age. It's just you want to continue to develop the overall game. But if he does slot into that and that's what his mindset is, but you can still be effective player. So to answer the question, I don't think they will get overlooked if the right people are looking. Great point. And just like you said, don't overthink it. As long as your kid, like if he doesn't get drafted in the USHL, like, so what? You know what I mean? As long as he still loves the game and wants to continue to play uh, and progress and get better, like you never know what's going to happen. Don't just pigeonhole your kid because he didn't get drafted in the NAHL or, or, or wherever it is. Right. right. So, um, I think that's everybody wants to be in fast forward, and and it's the same thing with this. Like they're oh nine two thousand nines, right? They're thirteen. They're still young kids. Like everybody wants to kind of live in fast forward here. It's like just just take it day by day, right? Trust that well, process. Back to like Victor Hoffman just said. Yeah, he was like gonna say, like that, that quote is perfect. It's perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, and that's great points by you, Mott. Well, made the spring pilgrimage with my 2014 to Canada for the Quebec showcase for the second year. Uh, it may be a spring tournament, but they do it right up there. Bear carts all day, food trucks, a variety of noise make noise making horns that would make the Boston Pops jealous and some really good youth hockey. Well, after beating the Canadian regional tournament um, pretty soundly and fairly physical affair, I watched the French Canadian dad. I watched the French Canadian dad wait for the young ref, judging by the peach fuzz on his upper lip. lip I would say fifteen, and scream at them in their um, scream at him in his face, while a fellow dad in a McDavid sweatshirt, of course, held him back. Needless to say, um, needless to say, I didn't need my French studies, which ended in the ninth grade, to know that this gentleman was unhappy with some of the calls the refs made. The only thing I was able to pick up on was ratten uh, in quotation marks. So either he was calling the ref a, a rat or making a Marshawn reference. Either way, it is not just us mass holes screaming at teenage refs. The ugly phenomenon is global and gross in any language. Keep up the good work and uh, bonsoir from bonsoir. Quebec. I was yeah, I don't know. Bonsoir from Quebec. Um, two trips. Wow. 2014. How old is that? What, nine? Yeah, that's uh, that's young. But that's as long as, like, you're close enough to drive, right? Yeah. You know, like, you know, right there. And but the yes. Shots and food trucks. I'm, I'm definitely game if we just take this from the top. I'm definitely game for the beer cuts, carts, and the food trucks. The variety of noise-making horns in the middle of the, the spring here haunts my dreams at night. Like yeah. that haunts my dreams in the middle of winter. Never mind. So I'm, I'm not down with the noise making horns uh, yeah. all set, but sounds fun. Yeah, no, I mean, as long as you're uh, able to do it and uh, understand that it, uh, you know, the group is young to be, you know, traveling, traveling, but I, um, I think, you know, going up and having some, you know, just cultural exposure as well. 
you know, so unfortunately this was not a great experience because, you know, there was some, some, uh, yeah, some, yeah, some, some people that, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. You're going to, you're going to find your lunatics, right? Yeah. Um, bro, that was from always chasing it guy too. Oh, nice. Always chasing it guy. (laughs) (laughs) At least, so at least this guy's honest, but yeah. Hey, I mean, Mott's, I mean, this is wasn't that much of a question. It was more of like a you know yeah. recap of a. I like it though. Yeah, it's like good luck, Canadians, Americans, no matter where you are. Like, stop being morons. Yeah. To to fifteen or just take a breath. referees, like take a deep take breath. A breath. What, what are you yelling at referees for? Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I I get it. Like, you do get fired up because it's a. Uh... An emotional game, even when you're in the stands, it sometimes gets worse. Like when we coach, like you get fired up because of certain things and you, you care for the kids to, you know, get the best officiated game or whatever. But when you're in the stands, you're just like, but you're always going as a coach. Like you're onto the next shift. You're onto like that penalty kill or lack of a call or whatever it is. No. Um, but like as a, a parent, you know, because I've lived it on the other side of the glass where you very uh you know you get fired up you know and but yeah well especially when you're sitting in one of those beer carts and food trucks all day (laughs) yeah right right i'm sure that had something to do with the old frenchy um yeah get some poutine and getting into it with (laughs) exactly hell yes uh and mcdavid (laughs) sweatshirt so so yeah, those that's a that's a tough combo. Uh, a grown man wearing a McDavid sweatshirt is probably not the best of looks uh, at at your kids' hockey tournaments. And yelling at fifteen year old referees is definitely not either. But good luck to him, right? Yeah, there you go. That's you the, nailed it right that's, there. That's the turn you uh, you choose. Uh, uh, Mots want to do TSR speaking where you can find your McDavid hoodies. Yeah, exactly. All the gear you need. Uh, TSR Hockey and Tax-Free Salem, New Hampshire, where you can stock up on all your equipment needs for the rest of the summer, like loading up for next year, loading up for next year. So you can get your your gear, break it in during the offseason here. TSR stocks team apparel from CCM and Bauer and does everything in-house, embroidery and printing. You can reach their team store at 603-912-5970. Ask for Mike or Dave, and they will take care of you. Now is the time to give them a buzz to talk about how your team can upgrade your gear and the swag that we talk about all the time, right? TSR yeah, Hockey is I love England's, the swag, Moss. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> TSR Hockey is New England's premium hockey store and is a proud sponsor of the Rinks Rinks. Make sure you check them out at tsrhockey.com for all your shopping needs and tell them the shrink sent you. Yeah, obviously our boys up at TSR, Mike, Dave, Brennan, they're uh, they're great. They're great to work with, and they've been uh, long supporters of the shrinks here. So we appreciate them. And it's lacrosse season, hockey season, baseball season. They got it all up there in uh, in tax free Salem, New Hampshire. So make sure when you're in the store, you let them know that uh, the rink shrink sent you. Especially when you're in town for some of these different tournaments, take a ride by TSR. Uh, all right, on to the next one. Curious as to what the rink shrinks think about double-A hockey organizations recruiting players and offering players to play in games um, and play in games only, not requiring practices or determining rosters before tryouts even take place. So, so I was recruiting. Yeah, so kind of, I, I think that's kind of a tough one. I mean, the, 
the double A versus triple A, right? Yeah. Think I mean, about double A hockey as a recruiting players and offering players to play in games only, not requiring practices or determining rosters before tryouts even take place. Yeah, so I, I think that's kind of uh, I, I don't know if that can even be done. Yeah, know? I think that's kind or of the roster. Um, so triple A versus double A, right? Um, I don't I mean, even know what triple A and double A is anymore. No, I think you know, like to you? a triple A kid is you know, it would be at a higher level. Can he come down and play in the double A? So I don't know exactly what they're saying here. Me neither. Um, if I I still don't it depends on there's so many things here that you know I have questions for. So like I would love uh, we to, need a follow-up. Uh, yeah, follow-up. But like if if it's a region where there isn't like a ton of participation and you can, you know, field more of a roster for games because you might have a better player that can can make a game here and there, but like kind of lives local but travels for a triple A program. Mm-hmm. Um I mean I, I don't know. I I mean like I'm just kind of like kind We're of just guessing, guessing right now because yeah. we don't know where it is or anything. Yeah. So I mean I, I think if anybody's like doing you know playing games without having tryouts and stuff to where I w- was going with it was maybe some parody. You know how they have the parity tournaments in for, for different leagues in the spring? Yeah. So maybe like that they, they hadn't had tryouts yet, but they're trying to get their teams together and get into the parity. But I don't know. We need a follow-up because it's definitely confused. We're, we're confused because we don't know where this is or what the structure is. Uh, anytime that you're getting players to come in and play that aren't part of the actual team, is a ridiculous look. So if that's unless the they're just an alternate, but they would have to be on the roster as an alternate, right? They'd have to be on the roster, exactly. So, yeah, let's do a little um, a clarity mission. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Let's uh, get a, let's get some clarity on that on that question next no, time. I mean, I mean, like, so like we did give an answer though. I mean, like enough. Like in the, it it shouldn't happen if they're not on the yeah. roster, right? Exactly, um, but yeah, just a little follow up question would be great, or follow up uh, kind of some intel around uh, the question. I right, mm-hmm. got this one here. I want to know your thoughts on coaches having uh, position specific responsibility. My 2009 has one coach responsible for the D, and the other for the forwards. My 2011 coaches want to take a collective approach. My thought is that if no one is responsible, then it is hard to be accountable for performance in game or development in practice. When I look at the focus areas of your camps, it looks like there is a lot of benefit to D-specific development. I'm curious on your thoughts. All right, so hold on here. My 2009 has one coach from the other. Yeah, he has a forward and a D coach. Yeah, forward and D. And 11s have the uh, collective approach. Okay, all right. I mean, yeah, my thoughts are specific is always going to add more value if the instruction is correct. Right, right. So depending on the coaches, if they're not totally in tune to, you know, what is, you know, detail oriented, it doesn't matter if they're 11s or 9s. I think this is a time where you can really dig in, uh, whether they be forwards or D. You know, I think specifically, like we can talk about D because this is what we do and this is mm-hmm. what we played. 
but I can talk about forwards as well. But how it works, and this is how I think about it, um, and I say this about you know the D partners. You guys are called partners for a reason. You work together to make your job easier. You're not going back for a puck on an island. Every once in a while, you have to do something individually, and we work on that as well when the when the time and situation presents itself. But working together, right? So specifically for the D, around the net, using the net, that's very important. And those are like details that will be very valuable in a game. And then the connectivity between what the forwards are doing and you know, what the D have done, and so they're open, and then moving forward to the neutral zone and then to the offensive zone. And then you get in the offensive zone, and then, you know, like you can talk about this, like the scissoring and, you know, yep. uh, engaging the D offensively, whether it be on the rush or in, in zone. Um, so that ideally, to answer the question, that I, I didn't mean to like, you know, no, no, no. I was I was a little bit confused by it, so I was glad you you jumped in. Yeah, I, I think ideally you would want specific with some collaboration and collaboration. I was gonna. So that's, that's where I was getting at because it's like you 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 need the coaches if there's two or three of them. Like everybody's got to be on the same page in general, mm-hmm. right? But typically you want to have okay if you have a really good defensive guy or, or a guy that can really run the D then he's going to focus on the D and he's going to coach up the D and practices. And when you, when you're in games, right, you're going to bring that guy and he's going to, um, you know, when you split up forwards and D's and you're going to, you're going to, the defensive coach is going to work on specific things in practices with your defense, which I think is really important. And the forwards may as well, right? Maybe it's a head coach is more of a forward guy or, or vice versa. So I think it's important, but there's definitely got to be some collaboration as well. Right, yeah. you, like it's a team, and you know the the D have to, you know you've got to like you just said in the breakouts, like but we, you know we have to include the the centers and the wings like mm-hmm. working on those type of things. So I think overall, just like anything, the communication on the coaching staff is very important, and that's what holds everybody accountable, um, and helps all the kids get better. Right? Yeah, but, the same message, whether it be in a collective approach or if it's specific to the position. Because right. ultimately, it does have to be a collaborative effort to get the puck from, say, a retrieval to the winger. But like using partners or you know doing it yourself, like a physical reverse or whatever, then to the winger, then where is the center? Where is the support? Like everything goes together, but you can work specifically on the situational tendencies that a D you're going to see consistently. And then the forward coach has to know, he has to be in tune with you to see and be on the same page. Be like, we we need them to work right off the face off. Let's just say that we, that inside winger get to the wall. So it's an easier play, an easier decision for that defenseman to give them puck. Like, you know, like it, it just, I think it's just more of a collaborative thing, but if you have, the benefit or like the, you know, uh, you kind of like luxury of having someone who can specific, specifically talk to both uh, forward and D, that's great. If there's one just good defensive and or just one good offensive, but they have to work together. Yeah, they have to work together because it, especially good coaching is about adjustments during games, right? You're playing one team and maybe their D uh, 
crashing down on you, right? And, mm-hmm. and you know, you want to move your wings lower for the breakout or you, you, you want to really start opening up the middle. So it, it, you know, requires that head coach, offensive coach, the defensive coach, all being able to collaborate and work together and kind of come up with the best game plans, even at the younger age group, right? Maybe it's like, Hey, we want to fly our wings out of the zone today because their guys are, are, are really hemming us in. Like, but that's got to be a collective, you know, we can't have the D thinking that, the wings are going to be sitting on the hash marks every single time they come around the net for a breakout and and they're not communicating that the forwards, you know, hey, no, we told them to kind of take off and, and and blow the zone a little bit to pull their defense out. So the other thing too is, and I noticed this the other night, any coaches out there that are telling their kids, defensemen specifically, to rim pucks around the boards is a major problem because I've seen it so much lately that like – Coaches, no matter whether you're a D coach, forward coach, whatever, encourage your players to make tape to tape passes. It's worst case scenario, like worst, 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 worst that you rim that puck around the boards. And we've talked about it before, but it just popped into my head because I remember like it was twice the other night we were doing, I was doing a little breakout drill and kids get the puck and like just hammer it around the boards for a breakout pass. And it's like, what the heck are we working on? And who's teaching you how to do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I- it's awful. Yeah, I, I was uh, talking to someone the other day about it, and you know, it's different from if you're on the strong side coming around the net. You have to like be close to the wall so you can mm-hmm. clear the net and pass it earlier. If you're on the weak side and you're coming around, like the forehand is you know absolutely easier to like clear the net and pass it. Um, but I go, you have to pass the puck early on the tape to give your teammate your buddy a better uh, chance to have more time and make a better play so you're tr- you're doing them a favor by doing your job to the right. best of your ability and the rim is like it was always a last resort from when i was growing up and it's like the worst the it's worst like, yeah the absolute worst um all right, sorry, that was my ADHD there kicking in. No, I know, but like it's it was a good. It, was, it it popped into my head as we we're talking about all this defensive and offensive. I'm like, no, but it's a good question to like you know for you know a parent to ask. You know, I think that was a good good because it like kind of you know we explained a lot, but it was it was more you know the collaboration has to be there no matter what. But you know to have the luxury of having a coach that can really dial into the details to help yeah. in whatever position it is, 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 uh, would be a home run. Absolutely. Uh, all right. This is our, uh, my hockey rankings question of the week. And we put this out on the, uh, on the gram and, uh, and Twitter, I believe, but it was a you know ton of different feedback, but I wanted to get your take on it. What is the biggest misconception in youth hockey these days? And again, that's the, my hockey rankings question of the week. Mots, we saw a lot of different comments on this, but what do you think? I think, I mean, just kind of like, you know, personally, I, I think that there is the misconception is that hockey is going to provide a D1 scholarship, a D3, you know, financial aid. Like the, putting that, the cap before the horse, mm-hmm. I think the development and and we talk about a lot about like the friendships, the life lessons you learn. Like the end goal shouldn't be about 
playing D1, D, you know, whatever. Make them much shorter, but the goals, you know, play high school and see where it goes. You know, like that should be a very big goal. Like that should be like the NHL at that time as young kids. So the misconception from, I think, but that comes from parents. So I just think there's so much time, money, um, energy invested in, in youth sports at this point that the goals and the perception of what your um, kind of return should be is misconstrued. So, you know, and it's natural. I mean, I, I mean I'm not saying it's like, I mean, it, you can fall into the trap of feeling that way, but that's just my gut feeling on it. Um, you know, cause a lot of the kind of, um, I don't know. Innocence of the game has been sapped away a little bit. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you're spot on. Everybody's thinking already at, at 9, 10, 11 years old that the if they don't go to this tournament, their kid's not going to be on the national development program. And like this, this, and then, or we already had a question about no nine talking about USHL drafts and NAHL drafts, right? And all in the same week. And it's kind of like just, Slow it down, like you said. Set those small, uh, small goals one step at a time, and enjoy it. And at the end of the day, um, I think it's important for all kids to dream and and mm-hmm. wish and hope that they can all play in the NHL and play Division One. But it like it's just continue to love the game and play. Like that's should be the goal. And like you said, whether it's you know. Be the best that you can possibly be, no matter what level it is, right? Whether it's going to play, you know, at at your public high school and having a blast with your buddies or, you know, then potentially going to a prep school or going to, um, you know, play at an academy, wherever it may be, but just like enjoy it and and don't rush it. And don't think that at nine, 10 years old, if you aren't on somebody's radar, then like your hockey career is over. Like yeah. you can still dream, you can still get there, you can still put in the work, and good things are are, are going to happen. We've talked about it in the you know past whatever this whole year about you know that the process is so is so prolonged now and goes on for for you know till these kids are nineteen twenty years old that like don't think that at at fourteen if you're not on the central scouting radar, then you can't eventually play in the NHL. There's a thousand of those stories. And that's what we try to do is, is educate people on that. But it's just, you know, how about just have fun? And, and at the end of the day, isn't it about, you know, aren't we playing sports or, or getting our kids involved in sports, whether it's hockey based, because we want them part of a team so that eventually when they get jobs, they get along with their coworkers, they make good friends. Like, isn't that what it's all about? In my mind, that's what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? Versus like, oh yeah, if my kid doesn't play in the NHL, like it's over, right? Yeah, like it's a failure if you don't get all the way there. But yeah, no, I mean that's the one thing that you know. I I actually like lived it, uh, but you know it's easy to say, but I actually did it. um, You know because my brother was very similar. We didn't, I had no expectations, you know, dad didn't play and he just, you know, wanted you to work hard and, you know, it was just stay in the present, you know, yep. be the best, like, 
you can be in that practice. And I say it a lot, but like, I, I actually, that's what I tried to do. And, you know, and again, going back to Victor Hovland's quote, you know, it's like, you know, it's, you underestimate the time you put in, you know, like for the, the time you put in. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, well, good one there for the my hockey rank, rankings question of the week. I know it drummed up a lot of uh, comments and and you know people going back and forth on the uh, on on the Instagram and everything. So we appreciate everyone chiming in. But uh, what do you say? All right, what's the next one here? What's your advice for a middle of the road thirteen to fourteen triple A player? Good on a solid team, not the bottom, not the top, not the overlooked double A player, not riding politics, but nothing great. Not great at anything. Not the kid getting a free ride to an academy or prep school. Just a good player. Not rich. Not poor. Not over his he- his or her head. Works hard but needs to get uh, faster, bigger, stronger, and smarter, but solid and good. What's this kid facing? That's the uh, overlooked majority that needs advice. IMO. What's that mean? In my opinion. Oh, IMO. Yeah. You learn something new every day. I- I'm like, what's IMO? <laughs> yeah, well, we can just call him IMO. That, in that, my opinion, in Jeez, IMO. Huh? Uh, you know, going back to like what I said earlier about uh, my son, very similar situation here. Uh, just kind of like middle of the road, you know, you know, not high end, but not low end. He's like right there. Um, but my advice to to him um, was separate yourself in something some area of the game so he's playing center be 70 percent on face-offs you know that's something you can control like that's like an undervalued skill that like if i'm watching a young player and he's winning 70 percent in the dot it's not like i'm keeping stats but like you know mm-hmm. you're winning like plus majority um you know, you're adding value right there. If you're staying below pucks, just playing the game the right way. So, like, something that you can control. Um, you know, if you're a defender, you know, just staying always on the D side. Never, like, getting out of position. Like, just start there. Like, some small little, you know, details of the game that make a bigger, you know, difference as you get older or play against better players. So, like, I would say it goes back to coaching, but also, like, watching. You know, if you watch games, you can pick up so much from, like, what the announcers are saying, how the analysts break things down. But if you watch and you apply things to your game, whether, you know, again, like, decide. Like, who wants to just make that, you know, a valuable part of your game? But it's going to make a difference, you know, as – so 13, 14, you know, it's going to start ramping up, ramping up, ramping up. And coaches like to put kids out there who they have confidence in and know how to play the game correctly and not just cheating it or just trying to do like the stupid, you know, stuff that a lot of kids are doing. Well, you know? look at the look at the NHL playoffs. Obviously, the most skilled and, and, and you know, those guys stand out, right? But at the end of the day, like, what are the teams doing that are, that are still around? It's not the flashiest, the fanciest, you know, the, the kind of sexiest players out there, right, with, you know, making the toad. Like, it's still the game of hockey where you got to, you know, limit your mistakes, play hard, compete, win battles, win battles in the corners, win battles at the blue lines, 
when you know all those little things stay on the positive side of the 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 puck stay on the defensive side of things right like if you can do that and you can do that really really well you're going to get noticed like you just said Mots like winning faceoffs doing all those little things blocking shots mm-hmm. eating pucks right like you might not ever be the most fanciest player out there or, or the biggest goal scorer but if you can contribute positively night in and night out and make those simple plays like you just said make that easy pass as a defenseman never you know be a minus player never you know be the guy that you can go out and shut down the other team's top line as a defenseman or as a as a defensive type center like that's huge i mean take pride in that small role of you know something that you can control like you can't always control being you know, getting the chances and toe dragging if you're not the high end player. Like you're not gonna get your chances as much. So if you're in that middle, you know, bourgeoisie, as they say, you know, like the middle class of just like a player, then you got a a chance to separate yourself from the pack by doing something small. And that's like mm-hmm. what I that was my advice to uh, my son. And um, you know, it's a it's a very simple thing, but you know, again, going back to like you know, people that look and value the game and and what's very important, uh, the details of the game, will value your player, your your son here. So it's like you have a chance to just give some advice to. It's and again, it's not that difficult if he has a good head on his shoulders, wants to, you know, continue to play a hard, smart role. With compete, you know, there's there's fun, there's there's plenty of ways that you can add value to a, a team as the skill level and the the competition ramps up, and be a good locker room guy, be a good teammate. <laughs> yeah, always. That's like not that negotiable though. That's non negotiable. But you see a lot of guys that are that aren't that are you know pains in the you know what. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that, that's from that was from IMO. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks, IMO. Uh, <laughs> no, that, Emma, that's unbelievable. I, I love that you just learned that. You learn something new every day. Yeah. Like, how am I supposed to know what IMO means? Yeah, you're not up to speed. Uh, oh, yeah, that's that's right. Nobody's texting me IMO. Uh, maybe they are. <laughs> and you're like, oh, who's this IMO guy? Yeah, like, who the hell's this IMO guy? <laughs> Uh, all right, my 10-year-old made a squirt A team and really wants to make a double A team eventually because he has a friend from school who is at a double A level. He does the off-ice work uh, on his own, like shooting pucks, stick handling, etc. He says he wants to go to clinics, but his schedule for travel soccer and travel hockey only leaves him a couple days to just be a kid. When is it appropriate for parents to just say no even though their kid is showing initiative. Am I holding him back from reaching his goals? Thoughts on these USHL affiliated camps that we're getting invited to? Kind of feels like a money grab. 10 years old, young. And I would say, when is it appropriate for parents to just say no? Like, say no whenever the hell you want. You know what I mean? Like, if you, if you want the ki- your kids to play baseball and soccer or whatever those other uh, sports are, like, do it. And that's important. And and the good thing is, is he's putting in his work. But you also – and we've talked about it over and over again. You don't want to get burnt out. Like, everything – he's 10. He'll be fine. Uh, 
you know, set a goal, like you just said, and March, you said, you know, a couple questions ago, like, all right, set a short term goal of working your butt off, putting in the work on the ice, off the ice to, to get to that double A team. So you can play with his buddy from school. But if he doesn't like, it is what it is. Continue to progress and work, and you never know what. Like by thirteen, maybe that double A player is is now a single A player. You don't know that. Uh, yeah. Anything can happen. So um, have fun, enjoy it. If if you can't, you know, if the kid's not um, like, I wouldn't say like quit hockey. Like I'm sorry, quit the soccer team. Like. You have to say no. They they don't. I say no, no all the time. It, a lot of my kids' friends are doing tournament after tournament and stuff. And it's like, you know, could I be trying to do it with 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 my boys? And yeah, I could. But it's like I, I don't feel that it's appropriate. Um, that's my opinion. So I say no all the time. I just say no. <laughs> well, Santa brought one of those uh, no buttons. For the CEO a few years back. Oh, yeah. He just, you know, she would just have to push it and it would say no in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe get one of those. Um, just say no. Yeah. I would say, you know, it's not a, um, you know, it's not terrible that, you know, you get soccer and, you know, the travel hockey, you know, if, if, if you're doing it in the spring or, or fall, uh, with the soccer, you know, vice versa, it's like, you know, you got to balance that. But if there is some self-motivation, then, um, you know, allow him to just, you know, he wants to go to clinics, you know, maybe you, you pick and choose. Like, so there is like a balance here that if soccer is, you know, like more of a, a stretch where it's like, oh, you know, I don't really want to go to soccer. I would rather do a clinic. I don't, I'm not sure if like you're able to just like kind of supplement that in there or, if this is like hardcore travel soccer as well as hockey. So um, I would just, you know, just be thankful right now that you have an athlete that is motivated to get better. And it's, and it is showing the initiative, you know, to want to shoot pucks and, uh, you know, do the stick handling and, and try to achieve that next goal. Like we were talking about, like to play with his buddy at that double a level. So, um, you know, you should be thankful that that's coming from him than, right. you know, and trying to like, be like, Oh, don't you want to play with uh, Johnny? You know, like he's, he's, he's on the double A team. But I think uh, it's important too, that like by saying no and taking something, you know, and not just doing everything and saying, no, no, no. You like, instead of that hockey game, this, this Sunday, like, no, it's soccer season. You're going to yeah. play soccer. Um, it's like, developing that 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 hunger it's like you're gonna see how much he wants it you know what i mean like put the bag how many times have we we had those conversations where it's like no put the bags away for a couple months and then really you know you'll see how hungry the that that your son or daughter is for the game and how much they love it like i think it's okay to say no put the bag away and you know get that passion and that kind of want and will back because the hockey season is long it's real long yeah and and like two of my personal idols who we had on Ray Borg and Brian Leach both said the same thing. Yeah. You know, 100%. You, you put the bag away and you want that hunger back and I think Borg was the one that I like kind of put it that way but it was um yeah, it was. very interesting was. to yeah, very interesting to hear because 
you know, you look at him as, you know, the Hall of Famer, like one of the best defensemen to ever play the game. And and that's that was his advice. And that was mm. his advice to his sons. So it was right. pretty neat. So if we can share that, um, you know, that's that's one of the things that is cool about this. Like this is just like our opinions and other people's opinions who have been through it. And, you know, like, uh, you know, I think you have a, a very good, situation with with your son who is a you know motivated person to want to make a team and i think he just embrace that but also get that no button get that no button i i think i don't know if this ushl affiliated camp if that was maybe for an older kid or something like that uh kind of feels like a money grab i mean at 10 years old i don't think that they they, they really have ushl affiliated camps maybe they do yeah, but- maybe they're reaching you know, maybe, maybe they're reaching, but I, I mean, if this know. is maybe for an older kid, and 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 this was maybe clumped together, and as one question when we put it in into our doc here, um, I mean, I think as they get older, that's something that that you know the USHL teams that you know you want to get your kids on a radar, and and it's those are those are totally fine. At ten years old, I don't think it's a necessity, but let's no. say at sixteen, you know, fifteen, sixteen, it's a it's a different story. Agreed. Um, all right. Well, speaking of that off-ice initiative, you know, showing the initiative, uh, Franklin Sports is the official street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Check out their line of official NHL street hockey games and training equipment at franklinsports.com today. Uh, that's how you're going to improve those skills off the ice, right, Mott? Yeah. And I was going to take a video of uh, the CEO flipping some burgers and Ryan uh, doing some stick handling, some shooting in the driveway, but – I thought it would be embarrassing to, to 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 show the CEO on the uh on the grill while I'm you know gonna be sitting down and, and chatting with uh with you. <laughs> I know. It, it would have been like a great video to you be videoing your wife, you know, working the grill. Uh, and, uh it, like, she does a great job though. Like she uh, yeah, honey, why don't you uh throw the burgers and dogs and you know steaks or whatever on the grill? I'm gonna be doing a podcast and it's good to see Ryan out there ripping some pucks and stuff, but dad's gonna be in here. Yeah, uh, yeah well, like I do like fake podcasts so I don't have to be on the grill. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh yeah, I get this other podcast that uh be why I have a a supplemental uh, episode <laughs> just so i don't have to grill out that'd be ridiculous that would be unreal you're just sitting there with your headphones in just watching like the nhl game yeah exactly uh, I'm watching ted lasso <laughs> oh exactly that's great um we got another comment here has the joke been made that the new nhlpa director marty walsh sounds just like mike motto well marty walsh does have a pretty thick back boston accent um Mott's obviously has a thick box at Boston accent, so I could, I can, I can't, uh, <laughs> I can't see that 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 people wouldn't call, uh, you know, former mayor of Boston MJW and Mike Motto, their their voices, uh, you know, sound the same, probably a little bit, right? I don't know. Has anybody ever said that to you, there, Mozzarella? No, I, I met him. I took a class with him at BC, a night class, uh, mm. years ago when I was. Uh, at BC, and uh, I've you know met him a bunch, you know, in, in years, uh, you know, leading up to him getting the NHLPA director, uh, and I'm pumped for him actually. Yeah, it's great. Uh, you know, he's a labor negotiator. He was a he was a laborer. Uh, yeah, big union guy. Union guy. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped to see what he's going to be able to do. I mean, like the, the 
game is in a good spot and like they can you know always use a good person but i i haven't really uh thought that i sounded like him but you never know i think it's you know like anything anybody from boston when they lay it on thick um you could probably be mistaken for some other people you and him probably do have a couple similarities in your in your words that you might speak but yeah i wouldn't say it's too too crazy yeah well wall shame month yeah <laughs> exactly maybe he's looking for a right-hand man with the nhlpa there you go there's yeah. your guy yeah. hey, you we sound alike yeah. we sound alike <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great um all right Mots, before we uh, before we wrap up here, we're, uh, we're you think we you know we're, we're, we've hit on the mailbag questions, but um, you know and, and we thank everybody for sending them in. But we wanted to uh, wrap up. We we talked about um, you know we wanted to bring up kind of a sad news. We were uh, reached out to by um, coach. What was the coach's name? Mots. I know you have the article in front of you, right? Yeah, um, well, both coaches actually. Um, yeah, so she, I think she played for a couple, couple different teams. Uh, Joe right. Uminski, mm-hmm. um, you know, was was one of the coaches that uh, he's the one that reached out, and uh, Tim Hohen. Yeah, so those guys, obviously, they, um, you know, I, I think it was about a week ago, a thirteen-year-old hockey player, uh, Evelyn Gurney. Uh, I hope I'm saying that last name right. Was um, was hit by a. Um, uh, an SUV, I think, a, a, you know, Ford F-150 while she was uh, getting on the school bus. I know they started a GoFundMe page and her family is, um, you know, they're looking to build a rink in her honor in her hometown right on that Minnesota-Wisconsin line out there. So was a heck of a hockey player, according to, uh, you know, her coaches and, uh, you know, especially Coach um, Coach Uminski, he, uh, you know, he had reached out to us. And, and you know, if anybody can uh, chip in, we'll be we'll be posting the, uh, the the GoFundMe page. And we want to obviously help this family out as best as we can. But just a uh, just a, you know, such an awful uh, situation, you know, poor girl like we. Ooh, we we continue to talk and answer questions from our mailbag and people talking about like you know, camps and this and expectations and all that stuff. And it's like, I think this really sums up why we should just all just, you know, be present, live in the moment and enjoy like each day we have with each other and our kids and, and things like that. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it kind of stinks that we have to talk about, you know, some of these tragedies that have happened, but, you know, a 13 year old girl who had a so passion sad. for the game and, um, you know, she wanted to play college hockey. She was on track to, you know, be on the top teams, you know, throughout and, you know, kind of her development was on track for that. And, uh, you know, from all accounts, she was a, a sweetheart of a girl, number one, and a very good player. Um, so that's extremely sad no matter what, but it just stinks. It's just a tragedy that could have been avoided. And um, the hockey community is so tight knit. And, you know, one thing, you know, that my buddy said to me one time was, you know, once once you're a hockey player, like you have teammates for life, meaning outside of your actual uh, locker room. Mm-hmm. You know, so like the hockey community, like you have a teammate for life. So this is why we're, you know, getting, you know, the GoFundMe page out there on our Instagram and, and Twitter and um, 
Facebook and we'll have, you know, that, uh, that out there, but anything, uh, you know, people could do to support if you're in the area and you uh, know Evelyn and, um, you know, I know that it's a, uh, tragic time for the family, but the hockey community is a strong network of people that, uh, can, can only help. So if you have, um, you know, any chance to, to donate to her cause in her name, that'd be absolutely terrific. Yeah. And uh tough way to end the show here, Mots, but we obviously wanted to get that out. And, uh, you know, our, our thoughts and prayers are with the, uh, the Gurney family and, um, you know, everybody that was touched by Evelyn in terms of her teammates and coaches. And um, she seemed like a real special kid. So it's, it's very, very sad. Um, Mott's obviously Memorial Day weekend. Uh, any, any big plans for the, for the long weekend coming up? Um, not really. Like we, you know, the weather's turned here and, you know, yeah, let's I hope so. I think something's going to pop up. Like someone has asked me that, uh, yesterday and I was like, I don't really have any big plans. Uh, maybe we'll have some people, maybe, you know, Billy Ryan, uh, will come down and, you know, be in the, in the hood or go to a family. Uh, you know, my in-laws over down the street. So, Something will pop up. It's a great time kicking off the summer. Uh, like the kids only have a couple more weeks of school, and it's a nice long weekend uh, with some nice weather coming up. So, yeah, no, no real plans, no concrete plans. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's crazy that uh, so I'm a free agent. If you, uh, yeah, <laughs> if you have some real plans, if you got anything going, if it, you know anybody that's having a well, <laughs> if Court will just stay on the grill till next week, like let's yeah, go. You already, no, she, you already, hey, she'll be flipping burgers. Maybe we'll just have everyone over. <laughs> exactly, uh, okay, and then Monday, podcast. Monday actually, Brian uh, is done with his. Uh, last final at school and he'll be home from Cushing. So it's like, like that, uh, the school year is over. So it's kind of crazy when you think about it. So, yeah, you know, one kid that's done with school for the year and the other two, uh, it'll be right around the corner. So looking forward to going out and moving him back home on Monday. But other than that, yeah, nothing too crazy over the, uh, the long weekend. It's always a, uh, always a good one though especially if the weather stays nice kind of low-key not a lot of sports and things like that but uh once again really appreciate uh everybody reaching out and sending in those mailbag questions um you know keep those coming in uh whether it's on instagram or twitter right at the rink shrinks on instagram twitter at the rink shrinks we thank uh everybody for jumping in i know a lot of those have come through facebook as well so um you know keep those questions coming Thanks to uh, the sponsors, Sparks Hockey, TSR Hockey, uh, Franklin Sports, and My Hockey Rankings. Uh, Mach, you got anything else, or should we uh, cue the Rink Shrink Shuffle? Time to cue it. Let's go, Jersey Shore. (laughs) 